Salutations and welcome to She Lives Podcast. I am your host, Shamika Manuel, the founder and CEO of She Lives Wellness Inc., also known as She Lives Well. Within the last two years, so many lives have changed. The loss of loved ones, the loss of jobs, relationships, companionship, which has led to the loss of faith and hope, desire and motivation. With all of the loss that has taken place, it is often difficult to see the positive side of so much negativity. But trust and believe that life is a balance. Where there is yin, there is yang. Where there is shakti, there is shiva. Where there is darkness, there is light. And where there is pain, there is opportunity for gain. The key to getting to the other side of the pain is to go within. Don't get out of your emotions. Get in them. Go inside. Sit down with the pain. Look at it face to face. Don't hide from it. Don't cover it up. Wear it. Embrace it. You see, this requires openness. It requires vulnerability. But also consciousness. You see, your masculine and your feminine side must work together. Remember, life is balance. It's a combination of up and down. In and out. Cold and hot. Our external world is going to reflect our internal world. So how do we expect for our outer world to be balanced if we don't have balance within? Here at She Lives Well, we believe that a woman's feminine essence is her home. Within this house, there are three levels and a total of nine rooms that the woman has to govern. When getting out of relationships, it is the woman's responsibility to get her house back in order. And this is why we are reclaiming our feminine power for our first season of She Lives podcast. This is a nine week series where we are talking about the nine areas, the nine rooms that we must clean up when the relationship is over. So many of us get out of relationships and in the beginning we sit around the house asking ourselves why me? Why am I going through this? Why does it hurt so bad? Why can't I just attract the right person? Why this and why that? These why questions can often send us into a state of depression and we begin to experience anxiety or completely lose our minds due to all of the mental clutter 
that we are creating. In addition to asking all of the why me questions and creating all of this depression and anxiety, we feel as though jumping into a new relationship is the answer. But is that always the best thing to do? Especially if we haven't dealt with our own personal issues. One thing to understand when getting out of relationships is the reason why it ended. This is about reflecting. A lot of times we skip right over this phase. We don't want to have to reflect about the things we just did. We don't want to have to look into our own mirror. We know we made some messed up choices. And we don't want to have to answer to them. But at some point, you have to ask yourself, were you not happy? And if you weren't, why not? You have to ask, was the relationship toxic? And if so, how? If the toxicity was because of abuse, whether it was verbal, physical, psychological, emotional, sexual, we have to understand that we need to heal from that experience. Because being in a toxic relationship is damaging the mind, the body, the heart, the spirit, the soul, even the brain, and so many other aspects of ourselves become damaged. And when we avoid the healing process, we are setting ourselves up to make damaged moves. Quickly jumping into a new relationship without nurturing ourselves back to wellness or back to wholeness is a damaged move. Keep in mind, we are spiritual beings. In other words, we are energetic beings. We are energy. Toxicity has the tendency to lower vibrations. So it changes the energy of our human being. It can take us from being in a state of happiness to sadness. From clarity to confusion. It can take us from being hopeful to hopeless. We can be the most confident person in the world. But once we get into that relationship or that environment that is toxic, we can be the most insecure person in the world. It can even take us from being in love to drowning in hate. And when we don't focus on changing or raising our vibrations after a relationship is over, then many times we're going to attract the same type of energy. So for example, if your last relationship was abusive. Let's say your old partner was verbally abusive. 
This action doesn't define their energy. The energy of a lot of verbally abusive people is often the energy or the emotion of insecurity. They don't feel good about themselves. They're hurting on the inside. And as the saying goes, hurt people hurt people. They don't necessarily want to hurt others. This is just the energy they are operating under. They can't control it. They can't fight it off. And sometimes they don't even realize that they're behaving in an abusive way. It can be a learned behavior. Something they watched growing up and this is just who they've become. For them, it's the norm. It can be due to something else that happened in their past or it can have many other sources. But understand this, the energy that was attracted to you that was in them, it was attracted to you for a reason. Many times we like to believe that opposites attract, but that's a myth. That's a lie. The truth is, like attracts like. So when you leave the old relationship and jump into a new one, the behavior may change. The appearance of the person may change. Even the gender can change. But the energy you attract will still be the same. I know someone's like, the gender? Yes, the gender. I know women who had a bad experience in a relationship with a man. And to solve the problem, they choose to date a woman instead and think it's going to be different. Then suddenly six months, one year, Two years down the road, they're experiencing another relationship where they're not happy, another relationship where they're getting abused, and oftentimes it's because they never dealt with their own issues after that relationship is, was over. They never got their house back in order. Now, I'm not saying that a woman shouldn't be with another woman. If that's your choice, that's your choice. I respect it. The point I'm making here is jumping into a new relationship without addressing your old issues is like moving into a new house without throwing out your old trash. You're just dragging that trash on into the new place. Eventually, you're going to start complaining about the smell. That old trash is going to still attract the same bugs, the same insects, the same cockroaches. These are your issues and these are the situations that we go through. Then we start to vent to our friends about the bugs, which seem so similar to the ones from the old house. At some point, we have to press pause and reflect 
on the past so that we can create a better, happier, healthier home. We got to get our house back in order. We have to learn how to identify the source of the bugs. Why do they exist? Why do I have roaches? These issues, these problems that I keep having in these relationships, why do I keep having them? I can only speak on this because I have experienced it and I've studied it. You see, I was in a 15-year relationship that was extremely toxic. Verbal abuse physical abuse, sexual, psychological, emotional. From the outside looking in, you couldn't tell because we were good at putting on a show when we went out into the public. We cleaned up well. I recall being out one day and I think we were at a dental office and this lady looked at me she looked back at him because he was walking behind me. And then she looked at me again. And she said, oh, my God, you guys look like you are one of those celebrity couples. Like y'all should be on the cover of a magazine or something. We had the look. I had the long weave down my back five, six-inch heels on, makeup. I'm talking about face was beat. <laughs> he was dressed up, looking like a rapper or something, bling, bling, everywhere. And this was right before the whole love and hip-hop era, before it just started. Very few people knew the hell that was going on behind closed doors. In the eyes of the public, he was charming. The ladies loved him. But behind closed doors, he was controlling, abusive, and extremely manipulative. But only because he was insecure. He wasn't happy with himself. He didn't feel good enough. And we were attracted to each other because I, too, had this same energy within me. I was insecure. I didn't feel good about myself. But I knew in order for me to reach my potential, I had to get out of that relationship. In the past, I had made so many attempts to leave I would leave he would beg for me to come back claiming that he wanted his family back I believed him and I would go back this became the cycle of our relationship every time I went back whatever respect he had for me was out the window and the abuse it became worse.
After I got pregnant with my second daughter, I left one more time. I actually left while I was pregnant. So before I gave birth to her, I ended up getting a townhouse. And I started living my life. Of course, he asked for us to come back, but it was too late. I had already made this move. I got this town. This wasn't just easy to walk away from. But after a year, we went back. Before I returned, though, I made a vow to myself, and I said that I would not leave again until I am finally done. The next time I leave, it would be for good. Going back would not be an option. I knew whatever was attracting us to each other, I had to eliminate that. Because as long as that was still there, I would always continue this cycle. So in 2010, something happened to me, which I will share at a later later date. But this was a very spiritual and a very emotional experience. And it changed my life. This was the start of my She Lives movement. And after it happened, I began to make silent moves. I was preparing myself. I was prepping myself. It took me two years to build up the strength and the courage to leave and not go back. In 2012, we were forced to move out of our house. I said to myself, this is it. This is my moment to escape. I refuse to take old trash into a new house. So I decided to go my separate way. I made sure family members were there on moving day so that if he tried to harm me in any way, they would shut it down, hopefully. But most of the time, he never showed out in front of anyone else. He was always behind closed doors. But he moved into the house next door. And I took the children and moved back into the house with my mom. People ask, was it hard? (laughs) You know, on moving day, I struggled with the question, am I making the right decision? But that same exact day, as we were moving, I got my confirmation. Once the major things were on the U-Haul or the pod, I sent my girls to go ahead and stay at my mom's house because all of the utilities were shut off and I needed another day to get the rest of the things out. Um, But it began to get dark, so I could no longer see. That night, I stayed at the house. I was laying on the floor in the dark, alone. He was next door, but not alone. Earlier that day, 
I had learned that he moved his side chick into the house next door while we were moving out of the old house. And that was my confirmation. That right there let me know that I was making the right move. So after I discovered that, I didn't question my move ever again. So that night, I didn't barge over there, banging on the door. I wasn't outside yelling or breaking windows. I simply embraced the solitude and addressed the thoughts that were crossing my mind. I realized that the emotions that I was feeling at the time were causing these types of thoughts to emerge. So when that go over there and bang on the door thought crossed my mind, I had to identify the emotion connected to it. I was hurt. I was angry. I was mad. I felt betrayed. But I simply said to myself, why would I do that? I had to remind myself that I made the decision to leave and his actions confirmed it. I was making the right decision. It was the right thing for me to do. So I had to face the fact that he no longer cared about my feelings. He no longer respected me. And that night... I coached myself because I knew my life was about to change significantly. Remember, going back was not an option. That night I shed my last tear. And that tear wasn't for him. It was for me. Although I was ready to reclaim everything that I had lost in that relationship, I had no idea where my life was headed. But I knew there was no other direction to go but up. So that last tear was definitely a tear of joy because I had finally made it out. My life was about to change, and I was so ready for something new. I was ready for my rebirth to happen. Little did I know that it was going to be the longest, hardest uphill climb testing every dimension of my being before a good cause. <laughs> it was definitely a good cause. That night, I didn't get a wink of sleep. Not a wink. I watched the sun rise. And as it did, so did I. I got up on my feet and I said to myself, Shamika, it is a new day. And I've never looked back. As far as being back in a relationship, I never looked back. Of course, he's mentioned it. Within the last three months, he's addressed me with the question, do I think there's ever a chance of us getting back together? 
and without hesitation, I answered, no. Getting out of a relationship can be difficult. Once you're out, rebuilding your life is even more challenging. Psychologically, emotionally, socially, spiritually, economically, you face so many obstacles simply because you are making changes to something that was settled. You're disrupting old mentality. Old thoughts that were comfortable. You are disrupting old energies that have become stagnant. Why are you messing with us? You are rattling old emotions and feelings that have become dormant. Leave us alone. You know, what comes to my mind as I think of this is the guest house poem by Rumi. In that poem, we are advised to allow emotions and thoughts into our house and to welcome them, entertain them because they could be blessings in disguise. So we are told to have gratitude as they come. Invite them in your home. Allow them to come in and move your furniture, whatever mess they make, just let it be because they are sent from above. But somewhere along that visit, they trick us. They trick us into giving them a key to our house. And now these emotions and thoughts, they come and go as they please. And each time they return, they bring more and more guests along with them until each room in our house is crowded with guests who are completely destroying our home. They don't clean up after themselves. They don't take the trash out. They don't flush the toilets. The air filters haven't been changed in I don't know how long. They don't sweep. They don't mop. They just sit around the house drinking beer, burping, farting, digging in their toes, picking their nose and flicking the boogers on the wall. They're messing up the house. And they've taken over. When they first started arriving, you thought they were only going to be staying for a few days. So it was easy to greet them and welcome them with gratitude, as Rumi suggests. Your house was like an Airbnb. But now the years have passed. And they're more like the tenants from hell. And you're tired. You've run out of patience. You are ready to get your house back in order. The guest house poem is a great teaching tool for dealing with emotions in the beginning of their arrival. But when they've overstayed their welcome, it is time 
to evict these guests who have become these tenants from hell? How do we approach that situation? What is the protocol for evicting these emotions? These negative thoughts? How do we evict them? As I said before, she lives well. We believe there are three levels in a woman's house and a total of nine rooms. After a relationship is over, that woman has to clean up all nine of those rooms. We got to get these guests out of here. They got to go. So today we are in the first room in her mind. That's right. The mind is the first room. We are going to be talking about restoring your mental power after the relationship is over. <laughs> <laughs> 